scrimmage. Here's Cora. Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the Southern Bear. Welcome, Tweet. Woo! Take your shirt off. Whip it around like a helicopter. North Carolina. Is that how we introduced Drake May? That- Petey Pablo. Well, here we go. We've got our special guest with us tonight, Jacob Belleville. He used to be our co-host. Um, and, you know, just so you know, Tweet, it hasn't been a, um, it's been planned that Jacob's going to be gone. You've been auditioning for the last two weeks. The people love you. Um, so, you know, you're definitely a staple now. Shout out to my boy in Nevada. Good looking out. We're going to talk BYU. We're going to talk Florida State. We're going to talk running back rooms. Here we go, baby. Welcome, Jacob. We're happy to have you back. It's good to be back. It was good to be back. So what are you going to provide for us tonight, Jacob? Mm, I think I'll, I'll probably bring the podcast back to life. Um, you know, I'm guessing, I believe two weeks ago you interviewed Grim. Last week you interviewed Tweet. I can only imagine that's like listening to two clowns talk about the brand of face paint they like the most. Right. <laughs> so um, I'm going to bring us back around to some football talk. Oh, we're here for it. So we're, we're happy to have you back, Jacob. I mean, I'm well, excited and, to talk about my face paint some more. But and tweet, if you have an issue with what I just said, why don't you just hop on your unicycle and come get me? Okay? It's a long ways to ride from my house, but I'm going to give her hell. Make sure you go out and download, rate, and review the podcast. Would love a five-star review from you guys. Let's get into our quick hitter, a game of Who Am I? A series of five clues. And by the fifth one, you should probably figure it out, unless you really don't know college football. Um, So lock in your answer when you feel like you have it. The first three clues are relatively quick. Because they're a little bit harder, but more interesting stats. So, let's get started. Clue number one. 
I am a QB entering my sixth year in the NCAA. My first year was in 2018 at Louisville. Anyone have it? Clue number two. I had the 25th most passing yards of the nation last year with 3,214 just behind Cam Ward. Right now, this sounds like a dream quarterback that uh, Bill Parcells would love. You know, experience. Got that experience. Clue number three. I was 30th in the nation in passing touchdowns last year, tied with Sean Clifford. So I don't – I throw just under what Cam Ward did last year. Tweet, how fun was it to have Cam Ward on your team last year? I mean, he kind of rode the bench, but, yeah, he, he was nice. Um, we don't have Grim on, but we, we kind of know the Sean Clifford experience, so uh, – just behind Cam Ward in the passing yards and tied with Sean Clifford. I mean, who's a staple of Grimm's lineup, which wasn't that great, so I don't know. I'll lock it in. Jacob's going to lock it in. <laughs> All right, clue number four. I am in the ACC. Okay, that changes. That changes it. That changes where I was going with this, so – um ECC. You were thinking. Were you thinking group of five? <laughs> At this he, point, I wasn't thinking anything. All right, you know, Cade Clubnick and DJU and DJU's out of there, so we're right. on. We're on the right path. All right, clue number five. Deion Sanders went to this college. Oh my God! Tweet. Come on, Tweet. Where did Dion go to college? Georgia Tech. Jesus. Come on. All right, Jacob. You locked it in first. Tweet hasn't locked it in. <laughs> he's, he's been undefeated in this. I don't know if he's going to get this one. You know what? Jacob, you hold off. Tweet, who do you think it is? Where did Dion go to college? Are you kidding me? Um, work done. Virginia Tech. Oh my God. Um, Wait. <laughs> if you know, call Keon Coleman. Michigan State. Oh my God, he transferred. Virginia. Um, Trey Benson. Florida State. Oh, <laughs> all right. There we go. Who was their quarterback? Like? I I have no oh, idea. My- who I don't know who their quarterback was can last year. Can, can I end this? They my had, heart. They had, I'm a heart attack. They oh. had Kevin Purdy for a minute, but. Can I answer this? Go ahead, Jacob. The 2023 Heisman winner, Jordan Travis. Jordan is the, Travis is the answer. What Was he's that the one that you were in? Oh, yeah. He's in his sixth year for sure. He's for real? Grown, he's a grown man out there. Yeah. I was when I was doing this, I was actually surprised. I don't know if he's had two red shirts, but his first year he only played three games for Louisville. The following year at Florida State, he only played four. And then you get the COVID year, so technically he can come back 
next year if he wants okay. to. Okay, I would have went all in on that, but like I just thought he was like a a junior. Like literally thought he was technically not that old. technically he's a junior. Technically he is a junior. <laughs> That's part of the fun of this. It was like and then you know you got the stats. It's like all right, who was like as disappointing as Cam Ward last year and Sean Clifford? It's the Heisman hopeful this year. Jordan Travis. Listen, everybody talks about how quarterbacks need to be intelligent. There's nothing wrong with staying for seven years in college. All right. Well, that's, I blame, honestly, I blame that on the. Tell my parents about that. I went to community college for damn near that long, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a game of who I'm, was Jacob, was that your guess originally after? uh, Good. All right. I knew he was old. That's why I didn't. Uh, trade very much to Grim for him. I. All right. Well, let's get into our NCAA news. Not a lot here, but uh, something we'll get started with is actually haven't heard it talked about very much, but I think it's interesting. LSU has vacated 37 wins uh, between 2012 and 2015. So they put up an 0 and 14 record in those years. Uh, they vacated those 37 wins because an offensive lineman was found to be ineligible during his time at the program because his father had received $180,000, pretty much dollars. There's some other to it, uh, but embezzled funds and then offered his mother a job at a hospital. So not all that... Um, crazy to think that that happened, especially in the SEC. Uh, what is noted about this is taking those 37 wins away from Les Miles makes him ineligible for the Hall of Fame because he does not have enough wins now. So, ouch for uh, what kind of grass does LSU have there? Is that like Kentucky bluegrass or something? He was the guy that ate all the grass. He was like a goat out there. Probably like Louisiana bluegrass because it was not in Kentucky. It's like bla- it's just like blackened grass. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other piece of news that came out, I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, LaQuint Allen, running back for Syracuse, presumed you know starter coming in had a pretty good bowl game. Uh, he might be suspended for the year, so. Two weeks before the bowl game, he was in a assault. Um, sounds like somebody came out one of his buddies and then punched him twice, and so then he punched him back. He was picked out of the lineup. He was suspended for the year, um, appealed. Nothing had happened. He played the bowl game. Then he had been in court records as a John Doe, so no one knew about this until a couple days ago when the names got released. And he had, what do I want to say? So he had appealed it, and in the meantime, he can practice and be with the team. He's got a follow-up court date on July 12th, three days before our supplemental draft, so that will be something to keep an eye on. But kind of interesting that this happened, and Syracuse said, you're Suspended for an entire year, and that's coming down 
pretty harsh because I would. Ass- I'm making an assumption here, but I th- feel like there's some SEC schools who would be a little bit more lenient on something like that. Some, maybe, Probably. maybe quite a few. But yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere because, like, I hadn't heard anything about this. I haven't either, but like, if he was like defending himself, isn't that self-defense? Like, apparently, it's assault. Or defending a buddy, like technically, you can defend somebody else. So, let's say let's say there is no word out. Sounds like tweet has been a part of this before. He's like, listen, I might I might have hit him, but. My buddy, do you have experience, Tweet? It's you never know. You just don't. You, you can't always. Don't mess with, no, don't mess with the bear. No, come at the bear. Sometimes you people get the claws, not the horns, because we you, don't have. If you horns. come at the cub, you the bear will come. Yeah, and hit you a couple times. Yeah, kill you. Whoa, damn near. I mean, that might be a little aggressive. That's a different charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody comes up to tweet and is ready to fight and says, you want to go? Or what? Is, I'm sure this is how it goes. They come up to tweet and they're like, I want to fight you. And then tweet's like, yeah, I want to fight you too. <laughs> and they, they sign some papers so that the assault charges can't be filed. <laughs> that bear is a pretty smart bear. It's called consent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you are if you're in our supplemental draft, and we have not heard yet on any court rulings, Jacob, where do you feel comfortable taking your shot at Allen in our supplemental draft? Fifteen round supplemental draft, probably, probably still in like the sixth round. Six round tweet. What about you? I feel like I don't mind the six round, but I'm going to err on the side of caution. And if he's out there around the the eighth, maybe ninth, that's what, where I'll take him. And the only reason why is because of the potential uh, that he could be suspended, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I'm probably going to I'm probably going to lay back a little bit more on him and then if he falls down there I'll I'll be all right. Yeah, but someone who's going to be in that supplemental draft just said that they'd take him in the 6th. So he's not going to be there tweet. <laughs> you basically said you just basically said he's undraftable. Well, do you even have a 6th round pick or does, yeah. does Grim have the whole round? Yeah. No, 6th round, I think I got multiple. Oh. Thank you. All right, well I'm I'm taking him 5th round then. Fine, fuck it. Yellow. He is way too early, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, knowing this, he goes on my undraftable list for me. Like, I'm just, I'll let somebody else deal with it. Somebody else can have them. I'll find value somewhere else. Luke's all about character on his team. That's the number one. That's the number one thing we do is character. Tweet. You might want to take him in with your first round pick based on your team. Squad, my squad, not about character. Can you get arrested? Will you get arrested? You're on the squad. That's also how you know that they're a good player. Right? Exactly. If, if they're not 
for not towing that line, they're probably not a good player. Luke's team is a fun, a bunch of like choir boys. Yeah, two championships. Too much Jesus on that team. Give me some. Give me some felons. Because we don't look in the past, so I don't know what championships you're talking about. You got a bunch of choir boys on that roster, and it's it's destined to finish last. Jacob, something that not a lot of people are talking about, but I will have a group from Netflix following me around looking at this team, and some are saying this is the next um, Swamp Gator uh, type team here. More like BYU. (laughs) I'm trying to remember the term I learned that I've since forgot. I know the meaning of it, but I can't remember the term. But uh, something about rattling a bed so people can uh, get it on at BYU and it's not technically considered uh Oh, I saw – yeah, I've seen and, that. <laughs> <laughs> like you've seen it or you've seen – You guys watch that uh... – Yeah, I've been a part of one of those. <laughs> no. Uh, I went to – I actually never even heard of it until I saw this – there's this uh, show on uh... – the uh, Amazon Prime TV. Predator. No, it's it's like a comedy, and they do it like they literally like reenact like what they do. And I yeah. was like, "What the hell is this?" And like somebody was explaining it to me, like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Oh, so like yeah, if somebody jumps on the bed, yes, while you're trying to, you know, get it on or whatever, it doesn't count as sex, and that's like a big thing in the BYU world." Because you're not hip thrusting. You're not doing the movement. Soaking. Yes. Soaking. So we will definitely work that into the show title. Uh, We will talk about a little bit about the BYU backfield. So why not talk about some BYU soaking, I guess. And you guys can't see this, but Jacob just ran upstairs to tell his wife all about it. Um, (laughs) But he'll be back. Probably next week. Maybe. We'll we're not sure. We can only hope. Oh, nope, nope. He's back. He's back. That was that was quick. Uh, there Jacob, he is. Jacob, you want to talk a little bit about yeah, our NFL um, news? Are either of you like free next Friday? I need a bed shaker. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I mean, I'm willing. It depends on how much weight you need on that bed. You know, like well, we're we, willing to give her well, a try. We have a memory foam mattress, so. <laughs> It, like the the shaking doesn't really transfer, so we're gonna need a pretty big guy bear. <laughs> I'm gonna invite Luke to town actually, and we're gonna we're gonna tag team this. Great, great. We're well, let's just do our podcast we'll, from there. Yeah, we'll do podcast. <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be like a, you know, like you know, a lot of teams, championship teams, say a team that soaks together wins together. So yeah, I've heard. Jimmer Fedet was saying that same thing at BYU. I don't. It's too much. All right, enough of the soaking. Let's get into the NFL news. Jacob. Oh, only NFL news um, was really Devonte Parker just got paid three years, thirty-three million dollars. I can't imagine that it's going to be a lot of guaranteed money, but probably taking Keishawn Boutte's money. Well, here's the crazy part. Remember that guy named Jacoby Myers? 
Yeah. He went to Las Vegas to play for three million or thirty three million for three years. So the Patriots could have just kept a twenty six year old who produces better than Devontae Parker, but instead they didn't. Seems all of this to say I really don't know what the Patriots are doing. And this was a bizarre contract. Have the Patriots really known what they're doing at wide receiver since maybe Randy Moss? Like, Have they known what they're doing since Tom Brady? And like, Gronk? Was covering up a bunch of stuff? Like, I, yeah. Is Tom Brady the reverse Tom uh, oh, Tomlin? Like, like, yeah, Tomlin covered up AB's craziness. Did Tom Brady cover up Bill Belichick's craziness? Ooh, not, not, not a by bad winning? question. Just by winning, yeah. It's like because you know he goes down to uh, Tampa, pretty much like recruits his own players. Do you think Tom was just doing all that in New England, and then like, no, because I don't think he he was involved with the defense, and the Patriots' defense is actually still pretty good. But that's a, that's the a Tom Brady or the Bill Belichick effect. All the offensive moves that they've made are just kind of like bizarre and weird. Like going into this next year, I could actually see Mike Gesicki just move to a boundary wide receiver role for like 75% of the time. Yeah. Because who else are they going to put there? Unless they get D Hop. Yeah, they'd have to get him though. I don't know. No idea. Are you paying up for like DeAndre Hopkins is going to make more than eleven million for the year? This D Hop situation continues to get a little more interesting, in my opinion, though. Like, where do you think he goes? Eagles. (laughs) Now, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks Carolina, but because I think they'll. They'll pay up, but we'll see. I don't know. It just depends because he said that he wants to win a championship, but then he keeps like visiting all these teams that are just going to pay him a bunch of money, and he's not going to win a championship. So I was going to say he hasn't visited. He hasn't visited like a championship caliber team at all. I think he like had discussions with the Texans. Yeah, they're not winning a championship, but they will pay you a lot. <laughs> I don't understand that whole free agency thing. Um, kind of hope it comes to a close because I'm getting a little tired of it, but whatever. Well, there, I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams. Like, what do you think they do with the running backs? I mean, you could ask Graham. He's the one that believes running backs are worth a lot, but nobody's paying a lot of money for these running backs. Do you think they just wait till somebody blows out an ACL or, you know, is needed or – do you think they just wait till all the I don't know, spring acti- or I guess not spring, but summer camps are done and then sign? They're definitely going to wait till after like summer camps. Like if you're a veteran, yeah. why are you going to go and do that? I also think some of these guys are holding out. Like the the reports about Dalvin Cook wanting more than what twelve or whatever million a year, like. I don't think those guys are going to get what they think they deserve. I think it's one big game of chicken right now. Yeah. Somebody's going to give them money, though. 
I don't know. I feel like the NFL is like this brotherhood thing of like team uh, presidents that just say, you know what? Yeah, I'm the owner and I, I'm not going to be strong armed. I do think yeah, this doesn't one though to be like, well, if we had him. Yeah. Well, don't you think that would have happened with Colin Kaepernick? No. Like Colin Kaepernick, you can't tell me when Colin Kaepernick left the league that he wouldn't have made the worst team somewhat better. All all it took was one team to give him a shot, and everyone said no. He wasn't throwing the ball all over the yard. He was running. He, <laughs> he was running. Yeah. But that I mean that argument's like saying that teams should be lined up to get Brock Purdy right now. Like are the would the Patriots take Brock Purdy over Mac Jones? Probably at this point. <laughs> Everybody wants somebody so. over Mac Jones. I think the running back game, I think that's kind of over. Like you're not going to get max contracts as a running back. I don't I think everybody understands you can go get another running back for cheaper that can do damn near the same thing unless you're super special. Christian McCaffrey, you know, those guys like I think the next like thing that will happen in this whole saga of devaluing running backs because all these teams just want them on their rookie contract because they're cheap and they get them for if you take them in the first round you get them for five years at that yep. same rate. Well, I think the next iteration is going to be a guy like a Bijan getting drafted highly in the first round and he goes, "No, my rookie contract is fully guaranteed at signing." Yeah, give me the huge check, then I'll go run. And then all of a sudden, all the other running backs do the exact same thing. But then what's going to happen is these diva wide receivers are going to be like, wait a minute, I could get injured too. <laughs> True. I mean, you see that right now with the wide receivers wanting to get their their pay. Then you have three wide receivers go in the first round here. When all the contract discussions, like they always stall, or, stall out around the guaranteed money. Yep. Everybody knows the other stuff's like not. There's no, there's no certainty that you're going to get it. And yep. the team could just like cut you to save money. Yep. yep. That's where the NFL differentiates from other sports is the guaranteed to. Well, that's why basketball you know, players have all the powers because they just get the money. <laughs> that's why I was. MLB has too. Yep. I was listening to an interview with, uh, what's his name? The Rutgers head coach that was. Yeah. At, yeah. When he was at the Bucks, he was talking about like one of the questions was like what what's the biggest difference between the NFL and college? And he was like, Well, when I was in college, you know, you're talking about being a family and stuff, and I was I was talking about that at, at the camp and a guy that I really respected and, and whatnot, he came up to me, he's like, That's cool and all, but put us in a position to win like route wise because we're not really a family because you're just going to trade us. Like we have to compete for a job every day. So stop saying that. It's and, business. and he was like, that really stuck with him. And he was like, that, I mean, that was something I learned. And cause in college it's like, you go out there and you produce. So like who goes out on the field is who's the best player. And he was like, in the NFL, it was like, whoever has the biggest contract is going out there, even if they're maybe not worth it. That was something that he had learned, and you know, follow the money, follow the money. Well, 
talked a little bit more. I mean, Devontae Parker, follow the money, I guess. I mean, good for him, but there's no way that he thought or his agent thought that they were going to get 11 mil a year. I mean, but that's a precedent that the wide receivers have set. Lazard's got it. All these other dudes have, but I mean. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you just like look at Devontae Parker right now, he's no. coming off of like back to back 500 yard season. Yeah. He's 30. Yeah. To even give a three year contract to a 30 year old player whose numbers have already declined, that to me, that's crazy. I'd be pissed if the Eagles did it. I agree. I mean, at least at least some of these other guys are younger and producing more, and they're getting those eleven million dollar deals. Like, but also good for him because I'm yeah. not I'm not a company man yeah. like Luke. Go get your money. Luke's a company man. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. I'm all about the company that I don't own. <laughs> You're about something. Yeah, the company. The company. You know what? I feel like I feel like I need to get a team name around that. That and shaking. Anyways. That does it for our NFL news. <laughs> I don't know how to segue into that. I've also had I'm a couple beers deep in this one, so things might not flow as great from uh, this point on. Tweet has been drinking, he's seasoned. I'm I am a very well ultra zero sugar deep into this one. He's got a big gulp and I can confirm it's a monster zero white. You know what that means? We're going to bed. Fine. (laughs) Cause caffeine does nothing to me. Good night, baby. Trade counter up to 36. We had two trades this week. None involved. Nate. Fucking Nate. He's looking at the chat, but he's not really saying anything. Don't know what's going on. Maybe, you know, it's the calm before the storm. Not do sure. You, do you think he's, like, trying to work up a trade for, like, some of his, like, JV guys on his baseball team? I don't know what the guy's doing, right. but I'll tell you what it's not doing. That's winning any championships anytime soon. Not with his trade record. Not at all. So... I still can't believe I got Zach Wilson from him. Speaking of soaking. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of trades do we have uh, that you want to talk about? We had two of them go down in the, in the uh, league this week. One between Tweet and I and one between me and Ian. Is there any of them that you want to talk about? I'd like to just know how this trade between Luke and Tweet was even initiated. Uh, this was Taylor, so Luke gets Taylor Morin, and Tweet gets DJ Allen and an NCAA eleventh. So there I was. What what do you guys what do you guys like about this trade? <laughs> so I love Taylor Morin in this trade. So we just had we just had a little discussion after after the pod last week. I mean, you you wouldn't know you were seeing some staple stapler guy, um, but uh, it was Chris Stapleton. He's yeah, Longbert. Some call him the Whitney Houston of our generation. Yeah, just more white. Um, anywho, 
So we were we were after the pod. We were just having a couple bevs, and he asked me what I wanted, and I was like, I don't know. So then we worked out a deal for a draft pick, but then he, he we started talking. He's like, I don't want to like cut any more people. So I asked who was on his cut list, and I was like, Sure, I'll take that guy, and he might make my roster. He might not. Like, yeah, I don't know. He- DJ Allen, like second round pick for me last year on my cut list. I had, I've, I'm about five people over. So I'm either going to have to make some cuts. Then I was like, yeah, he might not make my squad. So gives me, gives me a decision to make. And I think he might make the squad this year. And I just really wanted Taylor Moore. And I did an article about Wake Forest and I wanted Taylor Moore. Okay. There you go. It was a pretty elite trade. Yeah. Some were yeah, talking. Some were saying it's the Whitney Houston of all trades in this league. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys like got, got together and you were like, let's do something big. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just happened by yeah. uh, by chance. Yeah. So then the second trade involving Luke was Luke gets Austin Reed and an NCAA 705. Ian gets Jatavion Sanders and NCAA <clears throat> 1310. So I like Luke's side a lot more in this. And I actually don't I don't know why you got the higher pick, I guess, in it. Because obviously Ian thinks that Jatavion Sanders is a NFL tight end. I do as well. Some of us have our doubts about that. Some of us being me. <laughs> I was kind of iffy on the on the pick part there. I mean, kind of seemed a little nickel and diming, but Austin Reed's just going to be such a like a smash, like for college. Well, yeah, I mean, we know that, but also like this is his last year of eligibility, so like this is it. So it's like, are we one hundred percent sure he doesn't have nine COVID years left? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So this is this is it for Austin Reed. It's like, okay, this is one year of college. If anything, he's got a Bailey Zappi type NFL career backup type thing. Maybe if, it, if this trade tells me anything, Luke does not believe in Quinn Ewers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it tells me obviously I don't believe in Arch Manning, right? If he's the starter, or are you saying that Quinn is a starter? Is that what you just said? Is that what you just said? Is Quinn the starter? What I'm saying is you you just don't believe in Quinn being the starter long term because that's what your belief is. You think Quinn is the the godsend over there. And I mean, Jacob and I are on team Arch. No. Yeah. Jacob's team Malik Murphy. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So I'm going downhill quickly. I'm the only one who won't be proven that their player is bad this year. Either Arch or Quinn are definitely gonna. Yeah, one of them will be bad. Promised. Quinn's I, uh, the worst. But I uh, believe Jatavian Sanders. He was tight end three in our league last year. I believe he will be pretty good for the college side, and then I believe he is an NFL type uh, tight end. Which I was kind of planning on him coming up. That that's why I. Felt comfortable trading TJ Hawkinson earlier in the year. But I I am definitely – we'll get into the interview with, with me later on 
my team, but I definitely have a soft spot at quarterback, I believe. And I thought Austin Reed would help me put me over the edge with Caleb Williams this year to give me like two stud quarterbacks. So in a vacuum, I think I want Jatavian Sanders over Austin Reed for a long term. And that's why I think one of them is going to break a leg. <laughs> you always do. You yep. always All right. Well, tweet. Let's get on with the. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? We got to talk about some. Uh, the bonus question that we talked about pre show. I don't know that one. Was that we're, we were going to talk about some Big 12 stuff. We've got some new teams being added to the Big 12. Oh, yeah. Oh, now it's coming back. Mm-hmm. That's it's what all coming back to me now. I mean, that's what happens when you take out those rearview mirrors in the car. You kind of forget what we talked about, you know. But that's in the future. But that was what we talked about in the past. But then I know. I forgot about talking about it. <laughs> so, who do we think, you know, you guys are Cyclones fans, so uh, who do you think – being added to the Big 12 is going to have the best record or be give the best impact to the Big 12 from the teams that are added. This next year or like yeah. going forward? Just this next year. All right, you got Houston, you've got Cincinnati, you've got BYU, UCF. Is there anybody else that they added or was just those? Those. I think BYU – BYU for the future, for sure. Well, I just think BYU is always consistent, always – they're always, like, on the radar, pretty good. Like, they're never a really bad team, so. Well, they're all – everybody who plays for them is 28, so that helps. Well, yeah, I mean, they got some advantages. They're grown-ass man. They have families. Yeah. They have grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're 48 and still playing linebacker, you're you're doing all right. Um, I think BYU is going to be the most successful year one. I, I struggle because I, I want to say Houston, but <clears throat> Dana Holgerson, like. I'll go Houston year one. I, I don't mind that. I think those are the two picks. I think Cincinnati, like going forward, is going to be pretty good too. But I like UCF. Here. I like I think, UCF. I think people are going to doubt UCF, but UCF's got some things going. I mean, they're the largest public school or uh, public college in the United States. They clearly get people to go there. Um. They're going to be a problem not, in the future. Not the top, like, Florida players. I still think they can pull some some talent. Yeah, it, it's just like Houston. Like, Houston's not pulling in that top talent. Like, but they're still pulling in some talent. Like, so. So, here, you know, tweet you talked about, we we're going to talk about a couple backfields. So, BYU – I feel like the player to own, I think you might have him tweet, is Aiden Robbins. Yep, coming over from UNLV. Yep. Um, so I was looking at BYU since 20 or 2016. 
uh, and their current OC has been there for the last two years going into his third year. He was also the OC at Utah for 2015 and 2016 uh, when Devin Booker or Devonte Booker was there and Zach Moss was there, but he's always had a two running back system. And I think every year, let me quick take a look at every year he's had a running back with 10 plus touchdowns. So I feel like depending on which guy you get, because I think there's going to be a 1A and a 1B, uh, one of the running backs is going to be – I still got to do a little bit of digging into him, but uh, one of the running backs is definitely going to get 10-plus touchdowns, in my opinion. And then you've got Tyler Algier had 1,600 yards rushing. Then Christopher Brooks had 817. Uh, you had Devontae Booker with 1,261. And then Joe Williams – in 2016 with 1,407. So you've only had one time in Aaron Roderick's offensive coordinator's career that he's had somebody under 1,000 yards or really under 1,200. So is it too much to think that you might have somebody with 1,200 yards rushing and 10 TDs on your team? I don't I don't think it's that far-fetched. Could be a, a real steal there. And then Aiden Robbins is also 6'3", 230. Um, so a bigger guy. Typically, his running backs are in the mold of 5'10", 205, 210. Um, kind of your traditional NFL-sized running back. So he's a little bit taller which has me somewhat concerned because that's a little bit different than all of his other typical sizes um but at worst if he's not a between the 20s guy he's your red zone he's your 10 touchdown guy so that's my quick take there on the byu running back situation they did get a freshman that i kind of liked and lj martin too i just don't know if he's going to be going on mission because then that puts you out. I mean, he's gonna yeah. be, he'd be on your roster for what five years? Yeah, that's gonna be tough. And, and that's that's I mean, it's a complicated thing about BYU. Who's going on mission? Who's not? Like when you look at it as a fantasy aspect, like it doesn't matter how talented they are. Like if they're just gonna sit on your roster doing nothing for two years, and you already yep. know that going in, probably not worth drafting. Yep. Just like stash the name in the back of your head, remember them for two years from then. We'll, we'll get them in two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. You won't remember them, but no. All right. Tweet. You talked about it to start the start the podcast. You want to talk some Florida State running back big time because you you've got Trey Benson. I got him on my squad. So what do you what do you think there about Florida State? I don't know. I feel like I just benched Trey Benson all last year. I got some pretty talented running backs in front of him. But I feel like he put up some 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 big numbers every once in a while. Like not not crazy numbers, but good numbers. So I'm thinking he's gonna be the starter this year. Yep. And I I'm, I'm starter last year, so yeah, well it's a good bet. <laughs> 
We got Treshawn Ward transfers out, goes to Kansas State. But but I'm thinking he's gonna. I think he's gonna even improve more than last year because I think fantasy wise, I think Benson only was was going at. I don't have the numbers in my thirteen point eight eight points. Per game. Like fourteen, yeah. He was also splitting time with Treshawn Ward. Yeah. So I, don't I think really he's going to be pretty good. Much else on the Florida State roster that's he's going to be splitting time with. I think he's going to get a lot more volume this year. We'll see what he does with it. But they're also, I think, a, a throw happy offense anyway. So they are. It's going to be a really good offense one way or the other, where yep. one way or another. But um, it's good to have pieces of it just to see where that volume goes. I will say though. Trey Benson, I believe, does he didn't catch passes last year very much. Well, that's what I want to see out of him. He barely got passes in high school. He had 13 receptions last year. Yeah, we're talking Jonathan Taylor level high school receiving stats. So, so I really want to see him get more out of the backfield that way. He will not. That will be a, a Lawrence Toffoli, a Tof. I think it might be Hakeem Williams. <laughs> Woof. What? I mean, to I, just get, a, get the guy the ball? But just in the backfield. That's a, I don't know. Maybe not in the backfield, yeah. like on swing passes, bubble screens, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So something that uh, Mike Norvell has done, so he was at Memphis. He's no, I don't know, kind of think of him as a – Running back, getting guys into the into the NFL, talking about your Daryl Henderson. Uh, you've got Kenny Gainwell. You've got Antonio Gibson. So looking back since 2016, here's like his running backs. You've got 2016. He had three running backs. He had like uh, touches per game or opportunities per game. Ten, eight, eight. 2017, he had two running backs, 14 and 12. 2018, two running backs, 17 and 16. 2019, you had four running backs. You had 20, 14, 6, and 5. 2020, you had three running backs, 11, 11, 7. 2021, three running backs, 14, 8, and 5. 2022, you had three running backs, 12, 10, and 9. So for the most part, Based off of history, Mike Norvell really likes to have a committee of two to four guys, probably three. But based off of their depth chart, yeah, I just don't see the other guy. I don't see it. So I feel like 2023 is going to be just like Memphis's 2017, 2018 season, where they had Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor Jr. running the ball. for the Seminoles here, and in those years, they were 14 opportunities a game and 12 opportunities a game in 2017. 2018 uh, was 17 and 16 opportunities a game. And those years, 2018, Daryl Henderson, over 1,900 yards rushing and 22 touchdowns, uh, just rushing, not receiving. And Patrick was 1,116. Um, they were averaging close to 30 and 18 points per game for both running backs. And Tolafili, that's what it is. Tolafili, I think, will be your running back who catches the ball that last year. That's what he did. Um, 2021, he did it. 
2020, he was the receiving back. So I think that's going to be his job uh, is the rush or the um, receiving work there. So I think you might see a, based on that, I think you're going to see a 50 50 split. But I think you're going to see a lot more rushes from him than you have in the past. Uh, Olafili has. Last year had 93 rushes. 2021, he had 32 attempts. In 2022, he had 37. Or, yeah, 2027. So he hasn't been getting a lot of run there. He's been mostly getting his attempts uh, receiving. So. Yeah, I mean, in our recent startup that we did for that new league, I think Trey Benson was a fourth round pick. So I think other people are probably assuming that he's going to get the lion's share of the work. Uh, and I would I would say 50-50 is what we got. But so, you know. Well, it all depends. Like if Toa Fili- if Benson's, you know, averaging six yards carry like he did last year and Toa Fili goes out there and averages three, they're not going to keep doing 50-50. So anyways, those are our takes there. So let's – now we can move on to the next section. But worst tweet. All right. So I guess we're interviewing you. Yeah. You get the privilege to interview me. The privilege. Last interview. Last manager interview for the the you know, I, I just want to apologize to any listeners out there um, for the last three interviews. So I'm apologizing for this one before we do it. Um Jesus Christ. I understand, it. I understand if you got to unsubscribe and unlike and unrate and yeah. I mean, especially after this one, if we go down to one star rating, I'm assuming we know why. It's because Jacob's here. You know, it's just tough because I think the last two times we basically, you know, had interviews with Tweet and Graham and like, hey, what's your strategy? And they're just like, here's a half hour of me explaining how I don't have one, you know? So now we get to Luke, and hopefully he can do a little bit better job. I don't know how the guy that doesn't listen to the podcast understands what happened, but Who doesn't I'm, listen? I'm sure Jacob listens for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so are we? Are we starting this? Yeah, no. interview me. You know it's really crazy. Tweet. I can't interview myself. I mean, I already won the league. On both sides last year, you know. Jesus Christ! You know, I might as well just interview myself. I mean, what else? Are you looking in the past? In the future, I'm just gonna. Note That's that. all he looks at is the past. The I've got my. Something people cannot see is I have got my Letterman's jacket on, uh, talking about the good old days. Just the good old bulls. We. We, as myself and Jacob, we just want to know. Don't speak for me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're at the point where we just want to know what have you learned in the last two years. Well, what I have learned in the last two years, I feel like in general the league overvalues running backs. So if you have a running back who you feel is at the end of their career, I will take that running back. 
I decided to take a chance last year. Uh, two years ago, my team finished dead last. Then I make a trade with Patrick that pretty much got me uh, Zeke towards the end of his career there. And that's when I started making trades for like Nick Chubb. Like that trade opened up everything else that I did. And then I won on the NFL side. So I kind of think there's a lot of value in the old running backs because Zeke was a staple of my lineup last year. Like he wasn't great, but he was a good RB2. Like he was going to get a touchdown about every game. What about old wide receivers? Old wide receivers, uh, I don't like them as much. I like that's weird. The, the younger wide receivers, uh, but you gotta have you gotta sprinkle in uh, some leadership in your locker room. So how did you get Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup? Were they uh, real, were they real expensive? I don't think they were real expensive. <laughs> you should ask Tweet. I got my guys. <laughs> Cooper Cup hardly played last year. That is true. Yeah, but what he did, he had like 20 points a game. So if he played five that weeks, may That may never come back. We're not really sure. <laughs> eventually it all goes away. And then Tweet traded Devontae Adams because he didn't like him there on the Raiders. And I don't really know how this year is going to go. I, so. I honestly don't really like him on the Raiders still. That's where grown men go to die. Right, Ellis? So, I mean, honestly, like, it's probably one of those that might work out depending on how the whole situation in, in Las Vegas works. That tweet gave me a valuable piece that helped me out last year that then he's – what's he going to do for the next couple of years? Well, I'm tired of talking about whatever you were talking about. Um, anywho, I'll know our next question. We're going to skip question two, actually. We're going to question three. <laughs> what is your biggest weakness on the NFL side? And also, what is your biggest strength? So I'd say my biggest weakness on the NFL side is my quarterback depth. Since I traded Daniel Jones, I pretty much have Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, and that's it. I've got Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, David Blau, Colt McCoy, Pro Bowler, Tyler Huntley. Um, that's about it. So one of those quarterbacks get hurt, not doesn't look great. But uh, so that's probably a weakness. And then my other weakness, I would say, is just youth at running back. Um, I've got Dalvin Cook, or just a running back depth in general. I've got Dalvin Cook, Travis Etienne. And looking at my flex, I don't have anybody there. I've got Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and Swift. That wherever Zeke goes, maybe he can give me RB two numbers. That's pretty much it. So I'd say my my weakness is running back and quarterback depth. Strength-wise, I would say uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then, in general, just my two quarterbacks. Like, Dak isn't great, but he's solid. 
wasn't great last year, but good enough. So if you have got two good quarterbacks in this league, that's going to carry you most of the time. So, um, and then I would say my wide receivers and say for the most parts, because of the initial draft, people went running back heavy. And then I took a lot of wide receivers and then traded for DK Metcalf and, then uh, late, then yeah, Adams a cup. We'll see what happens, but I think that's uh, my strength is wide receivers. So, NFL, what is your strategy this year? What's your strategy put, on that side? Put the fucking cruise on and just dominate again. I mean. Thing, I mean, it's going to ride itself. It's a championship caliber team. Dalvin Cook's going to sign somewhere. He's going to put up some great points. Zeke, um, going to sign somewhere, put up great points. Yep. Put yeah. me up. Yep. Should be good. Um, pretty much just crush the league this year is kind of what it looks like. So just put on the cruise. Probably won't need to do a lot. Might help if your players play for other for actual teams, but you know, XFL well, is always calling. We don't know, but I would say in general though, like strategy for the NFL side, give me old running backs. Like give me a year of production and they can rot on my team after that. Like I don't really care. If Just somebody's got Frank Gore, let's go. I got Kenyon Drake still. That yeah, sounds, I don't know if I want that guy though. <laughs> sounds like a pretty good trade. You should be able to get a first and second round uh, college pick out of that. At some point, Kenny will get signed, and he'll have like one good week. Yeah, he's gonna find his stride. Probably take Najee's job. Uh, Najee's too elite. What is your biggest weakness on the NCAA side? But also, what is your Biggest uh, strength. So I would say my biggest weakness on the NCAA side is quarterback for the most part. I mean, we start three quarterbacks. So I got Caleb Williams, but then you got Quinn and Jalen uh, Milrow made that. I That's the reason I made the trade for Austin Reed. So I can have Austin Reed and Caleb Williams to kind of help lead my quarterback room. And then, uh, Wide receivers, I feel like, is my other weakness in general. I don't have much depth at wide receiver, uh, which then coincides with I've got depth as wide receiver on the NFL side and feel pretty good there. And I'm hoping that, you know, Caleb Williams will just slide into my NFL team, and that's why I felt comfortable getting rid of Daniel Jones earlier is because he's – my thought is my going to be my QB – Three or two or whatnot there on the NFL side. And then we'll see what uh, – I mean, Quinn Oars might go point – pick point five. He might go above Caleb Williams. Point five. Lock it in. I think this guy might be on drugs. But anywho. No, it's a, it's a beer talking. Why did he cut his mullet? Because he wanted to be more professional. Um, I think that's what it was. It was definitely not because of the Peyton or the Manning Collective. Okay, so first of all, Billy Ray Cyrus never cut his mullet. Yeah, his, his achy breaky heart. And Billy Ray Cyrus had a great career. Yeah. So, if one thing equals another thing, 
transitive property in math. Correlation is causation. AB plus BC equals AC. Everyone knows that. All right, guys. R equals MC squared. Yep. I'm not going to lie. 3.14. I don't want to say our, our viewers, our listeners are dumb, but they may not understand what everything we're saying. Ian totally understands. He's sitting, he can remember yeah. the transitive property sitting in 10th grade, sitting in well, whatever. Ian's sitting there with a glass of Jim Beam doing the math equations. Like he knows what's happening. So you remember when I said correlation equals causation and how that's like true? The moment we brought tweet onto the show, our listenership increased. Yeah. Elite, and you said our listenership was not smart. So, <laughs> are you saying that you're not smart? I mean, I'm not gonna disagree or agree with your comment, but we're gonna say, you know, we're here, we're here for the long haul. Um, but so I didn't finish my strengths. The, my strengths on my team, I was oh, let's my, move on. If it's getting my, is my running back, my running back room, Christ. a lot of depth. You know, you got your Raheem Sanders, Jason McClellan, um, Travion Henderson, Damian Martinez, Nick Singleton. I mean, that oh, it looks so good. Mm. So, 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 what do you what what are you gonna do this year? Like, what's your strategy, NFL side, like, or in NCAA side? Like, what do you want to do? What are you drafting? What are you going after? It's gonna be interesting because I pretty much drafted all my middle stuff, or I traded away all my middle stuff. I've got a whole bunch of picks on the first two, three rounds, and then a fifth round pick, and then nothing until like the tenth. So I've got nothing there in the middle. So um, I haven't really dug too deep into what I really want to do in the second round. Because, But if I do in the second round, it would be reaching for college guys, and I'd be leaving some Debbie guys out there. So there's a potential that I'm trading second-round picks to move back to get the value that I want in uh, – College guys, because I'm competing pretty much like I'm competing with you, tweet. So, do you, do you feel like like you want to maybe trade back because you felt like you had all these picks last year and you reached the whole time? Yeah, it didn't feel great. Uh, went with quarterbacks. I wanted quarterback. And Devin Leary didn't pan out the way that I was hoping he would last year. Um, like the first round, like I'm going to take Devy guys. Second round. I've got four picks in the second round, I think, and I might trade all of them to move back um, if that's what I want to do On and pick college producers, look for move back, and then grab 2024 picks. I mean, about half the league is already paid up for 2024, so if you're interested in moving up in the second round, let me know come draft day. Because honestly, like I probably won't really figure it out until I see how that first round goes. Because there'll be like, there's some Debbie guys that I really want, and I think I've got the first pick in the second round, or like a fourth pick, something, some pretty early in the second round that that might be my last Debbie guy, and then after that, 
I just might go college side so I can try to compete with Tweet. Otherwise, if I decide, no, I want to do more Devi guys, then I'm pretty much opening myself up to, well, you're not getting any of these high-profile college guys that we have available in our supplemental draft because I'm not really picking until the 10th round. So, and I, I truly believe that the, the people that we've been having on the podcast, us talking about different players, we're going to have some really solid college pieces get picked in our supplemental draft. Cause I think we did pretty well last year and I think we're going to do better this year. Yeah. So I think there, my value in like the 10th round or 11th, whenever I pick again, really isn't going to be there. So then if I don't get those guys, I have to got to take them in the second round and kick Debbie, try to move back to try to get value and the college pieces um, or, just say, screw it. I'm going to get all my Devi guys. We'll see what's there in the 10th round. And then we'll just see what happens during the season. You just got to make the playoffs. That's all you got to really do is make the playoffs. Yeah. We keep talking about this draft, and we for sure know you don't have a ninth round pick. That is that is true. I'm thinking about trading like all my second round picks just for a ninth round pick. But I know Dennis would just say that's not enough because he doesn't like to trade with me. He would say, like, well, you know, this ninth, you know, the 12th or the 10th pick in the ninth round is worth a lot. And I know you say, you know, you want to trade me your four, you know, second-round picks. But, you know, this could be it. – it, Graham comes to me and he's like, here's a boat, the family guy thing. Here's a boat and here's a box. And I'm Peter Griffin. I've got this box. I'm like, there could be a boat in this box. There, there could be a boat in this box, or I could take the boat. But the box could have a boat in it. That's kind of interesting. And then he would want more for that box, I think. So no deal, Grim. Quit reaching out. I know you're going to reach out, try to get at least four seconds for a ninth. No deal. I know you're going to already turn it down, but I'm going to turn it down before you can turn it down. So. But just looking at some of the guys that are going to be available in our supplemental draft, I don't see like – so Riley Leonard, Devontae Walker, both Tennessee wide receivers. I don't see any of those guys getting out of like the first three rounds. Yep. So you don't take them. You're not getting them. And those are all really good college bets with Debbie upside. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, you have to make some decisions because – you also have to like think about okay, I'm gonna spend a really high pick on I don't know, Squirrel White when maybe I could move back two rounds and get him still. Yep, so I'm definitely willing to is that trade. a real person's name. It is Aquarius. Aquarius, but so I initially like made these trades like some of them were like during the season earlier, they ended up where they were. Some of them I went to acquire because like I had the strategy. I'm just going to go Devi heavy in the first two rounds and then go for college guys. But the more I think about it, the more I think that that's not going to work um, to how I thought it would work. So I'm just like, ah, we'll just kind of see what it happens. And I'll probably more so instead of trading pre-draft, if you're interested, let me know, but it'll probably be more of like I'm on the block or like the trade is, or the pick is on the block, you know, right when I, get close to picking it sounds like you last year you said you're going to go Debbie heavy and then 
you kind of just went off the rails for a minute. No, I I think I did go Debbie heavy for pretty much like, like eight rounds. I mean, yeah, Devin Leary didn't work out, but he was looking like a Debbie quarterback. Like he'd go get drafted. Yeah. yeah. Now the one that didn't work out was like Cedric Tillman because then he got hurt, didn't really produce. Yep. Went, you know. And like I he, took him in the second round. He got drafted, but like it's kind of, I don't know what's going on. Like, is he really going to make the rotation on the Browns? I don't know. So I've been bit doing it that way. I don't know. Sucks so, suck. Well, I mean, I won. So, like, I don't know if I'd Well, we're it. not talking about that. I don't think that was part of the question. I don't think that had anything to do with anything that's happening here. Anywho, on to our next question. It's a user question out of Nevada. Nevada. Ne- ne- Nevada, Nevada. Um, why is it that you prefer the fabric fleece over any of our other fabric out there? Well, I prefer 100% cotton. That's not true. You prefer fleecing. No. Fleece, fleece material. I like 100% cotton, very breathable material. Mm. Uh, does shrink uh, in the dryer, so I like to wash it like a couple times before I start just drying it. Um, you know, the the 100% cotton allows airflow in and out. There's a nice two-way communication going on. Um, a lot of the stuff with, like, the fleece, I think, is a perception. Um, but I feel like every manager that, like, I do business with, there's a good airflow back and forth, like 100% cotton. Now, whether the league agrees with other people's perceptions would be like, does everybody agree with Grimm's evaluation on running backs? No. So, like, I'm going to go with actually my preferred material for a blanket is 100% cotton. Um, so if you are interested in being wrapped up in cotton with me, we can do some soaking um, traits. Grim. I'm 90% sure we just might got flagged for sex. <laughs> well, speaking of all of that, I believe Grim actually prefers latex and leather. <laughs> and when he gets home and he takes his pants off, the whole house smells it. There is no airflow in there. Okay. <laughs> He wants to let you know who's the boss. He pees on the furniture. I'm home. Check out these running backs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I know, like, so tweet. I'm sorry. Like, I brought fantasy into that, and that was just a user question about what kind of material of blanket. There I was like. a lot of fantasy involved in that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There's, there's latex and gloves and spank rags. And Listen, there was no spank rag. <laughs> I bet Grimm's dogs love it. He just walks in the door and it smells like hot dogs. <laughs> Jesus. This has gone off the rails. This is too many beers deep. Too many beers deep. I've only had a monster. 
So this is just normal, Jacob. <laughs> All right. Any other questions? We are going to play a trade game. Uh, you all right, Tweet? Tweet we're is working. crying, guys. We're, we are working. We are going to work on trading things. Um, anywho, so we asked You mean Taylor Morin. I'd like him. <laughs> we asked Luke who are his NFL untouchables or close to untouchables, and he mentioned A.J. Bay. Is that like half English, half Spanish? You know Spanish? It's AJ Brown, baby. Okay. And then we got Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. I don't even like Jalen Waddle, but I guess I'll trade for him. <laughs> Wasn't that Luke last year? Now, now, yeah. Now he's untouched. I am come full circle on Jalen Waddle. That's why I wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, Jaylen because Waddle. you fleeced it. You got him for a fleece. I Nate wanted to trade me for him, and I was like, I don't want any part of him. I don't trust him. You know, if I you know want him later, like I'll pay you more than what I'm willing to do now because I I don't want him. And then I whatever traded him. What was it Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tank Bigsby, Brock Bowers, whatever for him? Got him, and I really. I've come full circle on Jalen Waddle. That is a player evaluation that I or a player take that like things are dynamic here at the uh, team Pater. So you know, just because we have an evaluation on a player doesn't mean that they're stuck like that. AKA Grimm's like just stuck on me having some evaluation on Saquon Barkley, which at this point now it's like a year older. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm less likely to do it. But ask Nate. I came around. Now he's an untouchable. So make, so make me trade him. So would you not take Justin Jefferson for any of those guys? Like, just out of curiosity. I would definitely take Justin Jefferson for <laughs> Jalen Waddell. I would actually not take Justin Jefferson for A.J. Brown or Jamar Chase. Ew. Hot take. Someone hates, hates points. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, mainly because I love A.J. Brown's size. And I just think he's going to be good wherever he goes. Uh, Chase I like more than Jefferson because of his quarterback situation. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be in. This is just a prediction. Like right now, I think that, yes, Jeff Justin Jefferson is better than Jamar Chase, but you've got Jamar Chase with Joey B for the foreseeable future, and I don't know what the Minnesota Vikings. So, like, so so what think, happens when the Vikings get Quinn Ewers? Then it's wheels up. Then I might, I might, then I might change my mind and come and make it. You know, it might be a whole waddle situation all over again. Yeah, I mean, JJ JJ's putting up numbers. But what if they get Quinn Ewers in the sixth round? Oh, that would be a little different because then he probably wouldn't be the starting quarterback. Similar to Nate Stanley was drafted in the like sixth round, which is I don't think they're similar like that way though. Uh, they could be. Nate Stanley was a perfect prospect coming out of high school. 
Well, I mean, let's be real about why. No, 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 no. no. Gets hate because everybody hates the perfect one. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a <laughs> when when your when your recruiting rating has a just one point zero. Yeah, everybody's like, oh no, I'm gonna find a reason to hate that guy. Which is why we all do it. Oh yeah, same same with Arch. It's the same reason people like fade Arch. But what I mean, the thing with Quinn is he hasn't shown it yet, and yeah, he's but like, technically been in college for two years. Yeah. Or whatever. Quinn was weird because like his value was at an all time high when he was considered just the one hundred and one before the draft. Yep. But like Quinn Ewers, okay, Quinn Ewers has played like twelve games. We're talking here. Oh, talking, okay. Played, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's. The reality he's is, when came out in his first on-field action and threw five touchdowns, everybody was going to be disappointed. Yep. So his value immediately just like tanked because he played. Now, I mean, he didn't he didn't play very well last year? I will no. say. And but and I think ninety percent of the reason why I hate him is because he's on Loops team. So. Haters gonna hate hate the player, not the game. Hate the game, not the player. Hate the player, hate the game. I'm not sure if he's gone full, but he's pretty close to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's something wrong with him. Uh, so let me take a look here. Would you not? Would you would you take JSN for any of those wide receivers? I would not, especially Jalen Waddle. If you didn't have Marvin Harrison Jr., would you take him over any of them? Waddle. Say that again. I'm still on the bus. If, if Harrison Jr. was on my team, would you take him for any of those guys? Yes. Which ones? Um, Waddle and that would be it. Just Waddle. I would rather have AJ Brown more than Marvin Harrison. If you're gonna say AJ Brown over Justin Jefferson, but not Marvin Harrison Jr., you've lost your mind. (laughs) No, I would. I I, I think think Justin Jefferson thing is crazy. I will say this: it doesn't matter for for this league because Luke has Marvin Harrison Jr. too. Yes, but I would absolutely be using him as a piece to get Justin Jefferson or um, Jamar Chase in dynasty leagues. Like if oh, you're sure. in a Debbie league, because if he gets you three quarters of the way there, otherwise those two players are like, you can't trade for them. No, they're gold. Yep. So if I, okay, so maybe I trade Jacob. Marvin Harrison Jr. for Justin Jefferson, and then I give him something else. I'd say no because I'm Team Keon Coleman, wide receiver one in 2023. <laughs> Every year, would you would you take 2024? Whatever it is, next one. Would you take JT? Or, I'll draft. Yeah, JT for any of them? No, no. BJ. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Bijan, I would. Which ones? Uh, all none, of none of no, all of them. I guess if I had no, I would rather have all those wide receivers over 
Over Bijan? Over Bijan, just based on how my team currently is. Because while I think the value in Bijan is good for the next couple of years, like Waddle's Waddle or AJ Brown are probably gonna have more value in year five than Bijan's gonna have in year five. Except for when Tua dies because his brain is dead. He's on your team. Why would you want that? Also, that's the wrong way to look at like elite players tweet. Like if they have to have a really good player getting them the ball to be relevant, they're probably not that good. I mean, so, at times you can say that. Okay, so AJ, but Brown, like, but like Aaron but Aaron like, Rodgers and Devonte Adams, like, yeah, but AJ Brown goes to like the worst situation he could be in in Tennessee. He's still top fifteen wide receiver. I agree. So that's what, but but like, but it's like different. If you're like, if I'm in a startup, I'm taking Bijan probably over AJ Brown and Waddle in like a startup. But like, but why won't you trade for him? Because you've already you've already said your running back room is kind of aged and. Yep. Yeah, but he's got. But I've got people coming up. So are we sure about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure about two of them for sure. Travion. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure about Singleton and I'm pretty sure about Raheem Sanders. Raheem Sanders has gold teeth, bro. He's going to be a star. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not worried about Raheem. Singleton's fine, but you still got a two year wait on him. And I feel like I've got enough to. And a lot can happen in two years. You're right. A lot can happen. But I'm. I am definitely just more on the wide receiver train i think the most of our league mates are like i would much rather have wide receivers than running backs right now and i'm hoping that you know i've got one stud running back that comes up each year one day we're gonna look at your ncaa your untouchables mhj yep Caleb Williams. <laughs> um, Damion Martinez. What is happening? <laughs> Roque Sanders. Jesus, what is Raheem? He's got and, gold teeth. And Singleton. Yeah, those are pretty like my. We so just my, want to ask, as as a group, we want to ask, as a, as a league, why is Quinn Ewers not on that? Because he's touchable. Why? To, because touch you him. can have him if you want. Touch him. I might want to touch him. Why is he the best quarterback this generation has ever seen? Why don't you just touch him? <laughs> Did. Do you want to do shaking? I, I can't. I can't. I can't touch. Um, you need some help at quarterback. Maybe you need Quinn Ewers. Sometimes when we touch. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the most unique podcast. I think. So if if Jacob were to offer you offer you Jugkins, and he was going after. Singleton. No. 
That's strange. What about Rocket? No. You want to do them for... Uh... I think it's weird that you're not even considering. Not even yeah. considering. Would wow. you do them for Martinez? Yes. No. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> Thank God you said yes for that. What about Caleb Williams? No, I would not. I need, I need help at the quarterback position on the NFL side. So there's like you are going to have to vastly over. If you want Caleb Williams, you're going to have to vastly overpay for me to give you Caleb Williams. So what's that, over? What's that, over that 100% cotton blanket will be looked as fleece uh, for that. Why one. don't you want Deshaun Watson? Uh, he's not giving me college points right now. You're scared. You're scared. You're scared he lost it in the massage parlor. I'm. Not, I've got him in other other leagues. I'm not scared that he lost it. I just uh, Caleb Williams is going to score me college points, and I'm trying to win it uh, for a third year. Not when he sits out, getting ready for the combine and draft. Yeah, I got a reviews, guys. He's going to tear two ta- two ACLs this year. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob. Do you wanna do you wanna bet me five dollars that I bet you Caleb Williams sits out week thirteen? I just said he would sit out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Jacob just said. Would you like to bet me that he sits out week thirteen? I bet he sits out week thirteen. Who me? Yeah. Well, I think, no. I think like, if you... we're a cohesive podcast. We all agree. I think if USC um loses two, two. games early. He's not playing the season. I'm okay with that. And I will lose the NCAA side if that's what hap- has to We're happen. We're going to lose both sides this year, homie. Odds are not in my favor, uh, but did it once. All right. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is just going to be hard for me to trade because he's going to get me college points. I fully anticipate. Like, I lived that Jackson Smith – in Jigba life last year, I fully anticipate something similar happening this year with Marvin Harrison Jr. He'll show what he has to show on tape, maybe sits out some, you know, towards the end of the season. I fully anticipate that and not having him much on my college side. JSN but. is not Marvin Harrison. I no, don't like JSN. I've, I've made that very clear. Tweet, they actually have – Two different names. Marvin Harrison is going to be. He he's not a bitch like JSN. He's going to play. He's going to ride it out. He's going to be a top five pick. He's not going to run at the combine just like JSN. Well, JSN's a little bitch. Okay, I mean. I'm not going to say that about anybody. I would never say anything negative. No, I'm going to support people like on my walls with autographed jerseys that go in the first round. We should we should get like a tattoo bet. Go and tweet. What are we tattooing? I don't know. I'm trying to think of something with JSN and Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, what? probably Quinn Ewers tattoo on his back. <laughs> Well, <laughs> with the mold, though. 
But I agree at the more If JSN has more career yards than Marvin Harrison Jr. in the NFL, you have to get a full back tat of JSN's face. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's not likely. If it's the other way, I'll give you five bucks. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's not likely because he gets to play with Geno and uh, at least Harrison will play with hopefully somebody decent. You don't even know. It'll be a bad team. What other, you know, brain questions do you have over there for your C2C champ on the college and NFL side? We've got zero questions, and I think we're going to kind of bogger down the old podcast caller in evening. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go sleeping. Tweet, you have forgotten, like, where you are right now. (laughs) Yep. Jacob, I want to give you one tweet. I'll give you a reminder for the college side because you're competing, and I know what it's like to win a championship. Don't forget to start your studs. Jacob, Jacob, I know uh, you've been away for a while, and I want you to remember, hate the player, not the game. And I'm Triple H. I'm winning the college side this year. I don't care what. You're, you All are right. not. Good night. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Time to play the game.